Welcome and thanks for tuning into our podcast. My name is Donovan, my wife Jessica and I are the lead pastors here at Destiny Church Praha. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media or visit our website at destinypraha.com. Let's get into the Word. God gave me this, um, this scripture at the beginning of the week, and um, I tried to fit everything in the scripture into one sermon, only to realize that it's actually, there was so much in the scripture that I was going to need to split it over two sermons, <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to be preaching part one this morning, okay, so if you would like to get your the word ready, it's going to be John 14. I'm going to be reading from the NLT version, the New Living Translation. If you'd like to get your Bible out, otherwise I will be reading it. So yeah, let's just take a second and pray. Lord, I pray that the word I speak this morning is from your heart, that it is in line with your word. I surrender my personal opinions about your word, God. I do not add to the word. I do not take away from it. But I acknowledge that you are true and that your word is true and that it's an honor for me just to even bring this word this morning. So may it fall on fertile ground. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cool. So John 14. Now, as you know, through our video sermon last week, Don and I were speaking very much about the authority that we carry as believers, right? If you're not sure about that, go and read Romans 8. It speaks all about the authority you have as a child of God. It speaks about you being a co-heir with Christ, okay? You are the head, you are not the tail, you have the authority, you have everything that you need to live this life in a powerful way. And that's kind of going to be the theme that we're going to tackle over the next couple of weeks, is really identifying your authority as a believer the power you have from the Spirit of God that you have been given all authority so that you can fulfill your purpose. Okay, so I know Dano is going to be speaking about the activation, or right? activating inside with activating something inside yourself so that you can stand firm and know that you can run for Jesus, that you can get your hands dirty, that you can be relevant to the kingdom and to those around you and see his kingdom in all the earth. Amen. So I think what I really wanted to speak on this morning was what do we do or how do we respond when fear threatens our purpose? And I'm not talking about fear in the sense of just being afraid because I believe that we've taken this word fear and we've reduced it to the feeling of being afraid. So I can say the word fear, and a lot of you will say, but like, I'm not afraid of anything. But I want to ask you this, are you anxious about something? Is something concerning you? Is something taking up space in your mind? Because that's how fear plays out. The enemy is very strategic. He'll make you downplay the word fear, and make you think, oh, you're not fearful of anything. Until we look at the definition of the word fear. An unpleasant emotion caused by a threat. So I want to ask you, what do you do when those unpleasant emotions rise up inside of you 
and you start to feel threatened. And maybe not you threatened individually, but maybe your routine is threatened by something that's coming up. Or maybe one of your relationships is being threatened. Maybe your finances are being threatened. Maybe your studies are being threatened. Maybe your marriage is being threatened. This is how fear can play out in a very practical way. So I thought I'll take the scripture, John 14, and in this scripture, I'm going to read it in a second. This is, so in, in John 13, we see Jesus had just washed the feet of his disciples. It was basically as intimate as he could have gone with his disciples. He was on his hands and knees. He was washing their feet, right? They were sharing a meal together. I mean, it just, I can imagine how beautiful this moment must have been. They had spent two years just spreading the gospel, healings, people being saved. I mean, I can imagine this was quite like, almost like a celebration dinner. It was. It was Passover. They were celebrating. I mean, what an amazing time. And then Jesus drops a bombshell. He's like, guys, this is so great. Listen, I'm leaving. I mean, guys, if you want to talk about fear, if you want to talk about a threat, if you want to talk about anxiety, we're going to look at how the disciples responded to Jesus. Because there they are, just so excited, so built up, so fully confident. Things were going so well for them. And then Jesus is like, listen, I'm leaving. Things are about to change. So let's go. John 14. It's quite a long passage, but I want to read the whole passage because I don't believe that we should be taking scriptures just out of context. Okay, I want you to know that this whole, this whole passage matters. Okay. So John 14, Jesus, the way to the Father. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Okay, so just imagine Jesus saying this to his disciples. Picture it in your head. Guys, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. Uh, no, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said, but Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does His work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. And you can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. Verse 15, If you love me, obey my commands. 
And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit, who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him, because He lives with you now and later will be with you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will also live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each one of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, Iscariot but the other disciple with that name, said to Lord, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each one of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Verse 27, So I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk because the ruler of this world approaches, but he has no power over me. But I will do what the Father requires me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Amen, Jesus. Come, let's be going. <laughs> Oh, I don't know where they were planning to go. I mean, they just finished dinner. I don't know where. Anyway. So, so as I said to you guys, okay, we see Jesus. He had just washed their feet. They had just eaten a meal. And the disciples are sitting there. I can imagine just having the best time. And then Jesus comes and he said, listen, I'm not going to be here forever. And they are like, what? This is the first we've heard of this. And we see the disciples respond in fear. Not necessarily afraid, as we've reduced that word. You know, they're not running and hiding behind a chair or anything, but they are responding to a threat. Alright? It's an emotional response to something that is threatening. It's threatening their routine. It's threatening their relationships. It's threatening their livelihood. It's threatening all the plans that they had. Because all of a sudden, Jesus was supposed to be part of something, and now he's telling them that he's leaving. And I think what is beautiful about the scripture is that we see the disciples acting in a very human way. This is why Jesus came and walked the earth, because he wanted to be relatable to us as humans. So how, how did the disciples respond? How does fear make us respond as humans? Well, from the scripture, I think it's clear that fear or the feeling threatened, it makes us forget. It makes us forget a lot of things. 
Guys, these disciples had spent one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus for two years, minimum. And Jesus is saying he's leaving. And all of a sudden, they've forgotten everything he's told them in two years. And they're like, no, but what about this? You know, and Jesus is like, have you forgotten? Because I, I don't know if it was just a male thing. You know, when men say they've told you something... And then I'm like, no, you didn't. So it could have also been that playing out. Like my husband, he's on the live stream now, so I'm just, yeah. He swears he tells me things, and I'm like, no, I never forget. So who knows, it could have been that sort of situation. Jesus saying, come on, guys, Thomas, I told you this. And Thomas is like, no, we don't know, Lord. Anyway, I love Thomas, so great. But really, it makes us forgetful, Okay. Everything is going great in our lives and all of a sudden a threat pops up. Let's say our finances or our studies or friendship, a threat pops up. And all of a sudden we forget all the times that God has come through for us before or all the promises he's spoken over us before. Because we're human, guys. Okay, we're just acknowledging that this morning. We're human and we're forgetful. If the disciples forgot, it's okay if you forget. They had one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus. Okay? Another thing fear does is it makes us lose focus. I love that the disciples kept asking the same questions and Jesus kept like repeating his response. That's why I wanted to read this whole scripture to you. And it sounds so repetitive because it is. The disciples are saying, oh, what about this? And Jesus is saying, guys, I said this to you. I'm going to repeat that the, I'm in the Father and you are in me and we are in the Father and it's going to be okay and my house has many rooms and he keeps saying the same thing. If you actually go through with a pencil, it's super, super funny. Jesus being repetitive. But isn't he just so good that he understands? He understands that we forget. He understands that when something comes up against us, when something pops up, when we're scrolling through Facebook and we see the Czech Republic had 8,500 COVID cases, he knows that we're going to be like, screen grabbing, sending it to this person, sending it to that person. We're human, guys. And I think the last thing that we see here is that fear isolates us. The disciples saying, but Jesus, we can't do this without you. Literally, what was happening is they were feeling threatened and they were feeling afraid because they were about to be left alone. And Jesus could pick up on that. Without them saying, but Jesus, we will be alone. Jesus can see what's happening and he says, I will not leave you as orphans. And I really believe that this is... Fear really isolates. You know, psychology, when we they speak about when a threat is introduced, it's either fight or flight response. You either take it on and you fight or you do flight, so you withdraw. And I want to ask you this morning, when fear and when threats come into your life, when you're scrolling through your phone, when you're at work, when a crisis happens, how do you respond? And I think for many of us here, we retreat. We withdraw and we isolate. We were um, watching a documentary on uh, Netflix last night called The Social Dilemma. Delara's laughing because I was texting her like, oh my gosh, have you seen this? It basically speaks about social media. And it speaks about how social media is basically that obviously we know the rates of depression, anxiety, suicide 
from the moment social media apps were introduced on your mobile device, they literally increased 60%. Okay? And I can't help but be I can't help but feel that we can draw a parallel here and say it's because when something fearful or something that we can't control comes over, we retreat. We pick up our phones. We just, you know, we don't want to feel alone. Do you guys know that fake news spreads six times faster than real news? You want to know why? Because people don't want to believe what they believe alone. And people don't want to feel what they feel alone. They don't want to feel isolated. Fear isolates. Fear makes us lose our focus. It makes us forget. Yet the beauty of the scripture is that Jesus sitting there after just washing their feet and feeding them. And he sits there and he looks at them guys and he acknowledges their fear. He doesn't reprimand them. He doesn't come down hard on them and say, but I told you these things. You need to just believe. You need to stop being fearful. He doesn't say that, guys. He acknowledges their fear. And I want to tell you now that Jesus acknowledges your fear. He knows what you're feeling. He knows the doubts you have. He knows what you're battling with at the moment. And He isn't coming down hard on you. You know what He's doing? He's coming up with a backup plan. Amen. And what's his backup plan here? He's sending an advocate, the Holy Spirit. And I love that the word uses advocate. You know what the definition of an advocate is? A person who carries a case on someone else's behalf. So here's Jesus saying, listen, I'm leaving. And I know you're afraid because you're trying to imagine what the next steps are. But I'm not going to leave you to do that alone. I'm sending you somebody who's going to come and carry what you're carrying on your behalf. Amen. An advocate. What is an advocate? An advocate is trained to defend, to take the truth and present it in a way that is convincing. To take the truth and remind the jury of the facts. Jesus is saying that He will be sending the Holy Spirit to act as an advocate in your life. To defend you when fear rises. To defend you when a threat comes up against you. The Holy Spirit, an advocate in your life, will defend you. He's going to take the truth and He's going to present it in a way that is going to convince your soul. That is going to convince your humanness. He's going to take the truth and remind your heart and mind of the facts of the situation. The Holy Spirit is going to step in. Okay, that's what Jesus said. He said, I'm leaving. But I'm not leaving you alone. I'm not abandoning you as orphans. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And He's going to fight when you don't know how to fight. He's going to build you up when you feel broken. He's going to come alongside you when you feel isolated. He's going to remind you of the power that's inside of you when you feel like retreating. He's going to remind you that you were not given a spirit of fear, but that you were given the spirit of power, the spirit of power, and a spirit of a sound mind. That is what he tells us. And you know what else? Jesus, I love that he still gives them, well them, I mean us, he still gives us this gift even though they don't believe yet. The gift of the Holy Spirit is not based on whether you believe or not. And I'm not, obviously the disciples believed in Jesus, but they were not fully convinced of this Holy Spirit business. Much like many of you might be this morning. 
this Holy Spirit business is maybe something that you don't really want to touch. You're, you're good with the Jesus thing, and you gave your life to Jesus, and you're good with the God thing, and you're good with the, you know, living according to the Word of God. But I know some of you are very weary of the Holy Spirit thing. And I want to tell you it doesn't matter, because He's giving it to you anyway. You know what He's asking? He's asking that you lean into it. He's asking that you don't pull away from an advocate that He's sending. I love this quote that um, somebody said that God doesn't fall off his throne. When you have doubts, when you fear anything, when you feel threatened, when you are not sure if you believe, that doesn't surprise God. He doesn't fall off his throne because you're having a bad day. God is God, never changing, the beginning and the end. And how you feel in a situation and when you respond in fear, it doesn't surprise him. The way you feel right now doesn't surprise him. Oh, sorry. Oh, man. God is so good. Okay. I'm going to get to the practical stuff. So, it says to us in the scriptures. Here we go. Let me get to it. So verse 26, but when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. So if we take this Advocate, if we take the Holy Spirit that Jesus is promising us, we can take the Scripture and we can realize that the Holy Spirit is sent to A, lead us in truth. Secondly, it's sent to teach us. And thirdly, it's sent to remind us. And there's the scripture references, just in case you think I'm making these things up. <laughs> so number one, the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you'll hear people pray, God, the Spirit of Truth. Let the Spirit of Truth just flood our hearts, flood our minds. The Holy Spirit brings truth. And Jesus made a point of reminding us that the Holy Spirit is going to bring us truth because I think He knew that there would be lies. I think he knows that we as humans struggle with lies. And that's the enemy's biggest tactic, is to make you believe a lie that is not true. To make you believe a lie about your profession, or about your calling, or about your purpose, or about your marriage, or about your relationships. That is the enemy's biggest tactic. And you know what? It's like I said earlier, Jesus could have just said, don't believe the lies. Just don't believe them. Just try harder to not believe them and just believe the truth. But he knows that we need a helper. He knows that it's hard to sometimes work out in our minds what is a lie and what is the truth. Guys, I've been saved for a long time. I mean, I lead a church and daily I'm still asking God, what is this? Is this truth? Is this a lie? I, I always give a practical example. I spoke to the girls once. I was going through a time when I was feeling extremely depressed I was feeling very down and it was just a really crazy season in my life and I thought oh I'm being oppressed it's just oppression like the enemy is just attacking me from all sides I don't know what to do turns out I was just on the wrong medication and I needed to take some vitamins so I did that it's a funny example but it's super practical guys we need the Holy Spirit to help us discern 
It's really important. I'm going to get to the sermon later on. But we need the Holy Spirit to show us what is truth and what is a lie. The Holy Spirit is there to teach us. Jesus was the teacher at that time. The disciples, they didn't have the Bible per se. They had the first five books of the Bible, but they didn't have the word as we have it today where they could read more about the life of Jesus and learn things. They had Jesus. He was all they had, and now he's saying he's going. They would need somebody to continue teaching them, and he says, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit's going to teach you. I can't help but feel that with the Holy Spirit leading us in truth, with him being our teacher, with us reminding us, Guys, how could we possibly try and live without the Holy Spirit? Church, we can't. We cannot live without the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. Number three, the Holy Spirit is there to remind us. He's there to remind us of everything Jesus has done and everything that he said. Romans 8, go read it. We are powerful. We carry authority. We are co-heirs with Christ. We are in Christ. How many times did Jesus say, you are in me and I am in the Father and we are all one. It's an unbroken circle. You are safe. You are powerful. You carry the same authority. The Spirit gives us authority, guys. It qualifies us to be brave. It qualifies us to be courageous. It qualifies us to fight instead of flight. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Holy Spirit, who's fighting on your behalf, who's reminding you of the truth, rises up inside of you in authority, in greatness, in confidence, and declares the truth about the situation and the truth about your next steps. He reminds you who you are and the authority you have in Christ. So I want to ask you, as I start coming to a close, what is your response to fear? And if you're feeling conviction in your heart that you haven't been responding to fear, if you haven't been responding to threats, if you haven't been responding to change in the right way, I think we need to pray for more of the Holy Spirit in your life. How many of you like change? How many of you don't like change? That's me, just everybody, yeah, okay. basically the whole church. Guys, change is something I really battle with, and this is the area that I probably ask the Holy Spirit to help me with the most. Because change, to me, feels like a threat. It feels like my routine has to change. How I do things has to change. It's uncomfortable. And that's where I ask the Holy Spirit to hold me the most. So how do we apply this practically? Well, firstly, acknowledge the Holy Spirit in you. Ephesians 1 verse 13 tells us, In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So, when you gave your life, when you said, Jesus, I'm giving you my heart. When you heard the truth, you received the Holy Spirit. Okay, when you gave your life to God, you didn't just say, here is this bit of me. And God said, okay, here is your little bit of salvation. No, you received the full reward. You received the Holy Spirit as well. And yes, you can speak about, you know, the the filling of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit resting on you. But what we're speaking about here is that you have received the Holy Spirit, the helper, the advocate, the moment you said yes to Jesus. Even if you're not sure of it yet, even if you don't believe, the word reminds us that even in our unbelief, you still receive the Holy Spirit when you said yes to Jesus. 
Number two, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in His truth. Church, before anything takes root in your heart, before anything takes root in your mind, before you respond in any sort of physical emotion, ask. This is super practical. Just take a second and say, Holy Spirit, help me see the truth in this situation. Amen. It's as simple as that, guys. It doesn't need to be a major prayer or bowing down or a six-point thing. It's as easy as saying, Holy Spirit, I acknowledge that I have you in my life. When I said yes to Jesus, I said yes to you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I know you're here because Jesus sent you. So Holy Spirit, what is the truth in this situation? Three, allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. When you're reading the Word, guys, when you're unsure about things that are happening in your life, when you're experiencing fear, when you're on social media, when you're reading the latest COVID restrictions, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you in truth. Show, you, show me the truth, Holy Spirit. And then ask Him to teach you and to show you how to respond. We are sons and daughters of Christ and we need to be responding in that way. Lastly, ask the Holy Spirit to remind you. Oh, Holy Spirit, I don't believe right now. Holy Spirit, I am experiencing so much doubt. Would you just remind me of the times that, that Jesus did come through for me? Would you remind me of the times that you were at work and I just didn't see it? It's a constant dialogue, guys. I spoke earlier about discernment. The definition of discernment is the ability to judge well. And that is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit helps us judge situations well. What a gift. And what I actually wanted to preach on today, which I'm going to say for another sermon, so I don't want to preach too much on it today. But um, yesterday was uh, World Mental Health Day, which I thought was super special. And um, what I was actually going to preach on was... Um, the scripture, verse 27 of this chapter where it says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And I think what was interesting to me is that I actually read up on that word peace. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. I read up on that word peace. And in Greek, that word actually means wholeness. He isn't saying, I'm leaving you with a warm, fuzzy feeling. No. He's saying, what I'm leaving you with is a whole heart and a whole mind. And I can't help but feel that Jesus says all of this after he speaks about the Holy Spirit. Because I think the Holy Spirit is the way to the whole mind and to the whole heart. Yes, it's a gift. But I feel like we need to acknowledge that there is the Holy Spirit, the advocate, fighting on our behalf. And that is how we're going to make our way to a whole heart and a whole mind. The gift that Jesus gives us. And I believe it's important that he says here that the gift he gives, this whole heart, this whole mind, is not as the world gives. Guys, we need the Holy Spirit. There is no habit-forming, self-help book that is going to help you as much as the Holy Spirit will. We are spiritual beings. Okay? It's like... How do you say, like trying to fix a leaky boat, boat with a band-aid. It's not going to work, guys. We, 
There's a leaking boat. You can't take these worldly habits. Like, maybe if I just had better habits, maybe if I just try and do more of these practical things, you know, you take these little band-aids, and like, this will work, this will work. No, it's not going to work because you are a spiritual being and you need the Holy Spirit. That is how you were created. That is why you can read all the self-help books and all the marriage counseling books and you can do all the all those tests that tell you what career you should follow and what your purpose is in life and your personalities and anagrams and all those things. Guys, nothing will satisfy you and nothing will help you as much as the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you now as well that the Holy Spirit is not just for spiritual things. You can ask the Holy Spirit to help you in your daily life. Holy Spirit, help me not send this child to his room for the next week. Holy Spirit, this child, I just can't. Holy Spirit, help me not punch my husband in the face. What? No, Don, I would never do that. And I'm making making light of it now, but I'm being serious. That's the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you do the things that you need to do. Because you are a spiritual being. And He's given it to you already, and you have it. What you need to do is lean into it. What you need to do is acknowledge that it's there. And this isn't just for somebody who isn't sure about the Holy Spirit. This is even for us who live according to the Holy Spirit. We've got to pray for greater measures. You can never, never reach a point where you can say, I'm good, I'm close enough to Jesus, I'm close enough to the Holy Spirit. So I want to pray. I want to pray for us now. I want to pray just for an increase of the Holy Spirit in our lives and I want us to to really acknowledge that we are spiritual beings, guys. We have a spirit in us. The same spirit that was in Jesus. It's in you. It's in me. And it's, what a beautiful thing. What a beautiful gift. So can we just close our eyes this morning? Oh, Jesus, we want to thank you that you understand our frailty as humans. Jesus, if you came and you walked this earth and you saw how fickle we as humans can be, how weak we can be, Jesus, struggling to keep habits, struggling to keep routines, feeling one way the one moment, feeling another way the next moment. God, we are so weak in our human form. And Jesus, yet you look at us and you say, it's okay, I I understand, so I can help you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. My child, I never want to see you alone. I never want you to think that you've been abandoned, that you've been orphaned, that you need to withdraw, that you're not powerful enough to take the next step, that you're not brave enough to make the next move. So I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, child. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and He's going to remind you. He's going to fight on your behalf. He's going to change the situation on your behalf. He's going to go before you and He's going to make the way clear. He's going to go behind you and He's going to protect you. He's going to be all around you. And even if you don't believe, that's okay. I'm going to send Him anyway just because I really love you. And I don't want you to do this alone. Holy Spirit, we really, we just acknowledge your presence in our lives. For those of us who have never acknowledged 
or never believed or never understood the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, would you just, in your hearts now, would you just say, Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you. In your mind, if you can just say that, Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you. We're taking the first step, Holy Spirit. We're acknowledging that you're here. We're acknowledging that we're spiritual beings and that we need your help. So Lord, I just pray now for an increase of the Holy Spirit in these people, for an increase of the Holy Spirit in our lives, for an increase of the Holy Spirit going before us and changing situations and eliminating threats and just casting out all fear. We just welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives. for your gift. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we thank you for your gift of peace. We thank you for your wholeness of wholeness of heart and your wholeness of mind that you promise us. And we acknowledge that we need the Holy Spirit to come alongside us to help us reach this wholeness of heart, this wholeness of mind. Jesus, we're nothing without you. Jesus, we need you. And we declare this morning that we will no longer surrender to our fear. That we will no longer surrender to the threats that come up against us. We will no longer surrender to anything that comes up against the word of God and the truth that we believe. So Father, bless these people, bless this church, bless these families. Lord, we pray for health. We pray for provision. We pray for increased discernment to know what the next steps are in each of our lives and each of the things we're facing. And we pray for an increased experience of your love, Jesus. May we just know that you're so close. May we know that your spirit is only a breath away.